Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hi, my name is Kevin Trice. I am a sleep physician in Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm here with a guest today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the impact of insomnia on daytime functioning and cognition. I'll let him introduce himself. Hi, Kevin. It's great to join you today. I'm Mike Yurchison. I'm a associate professor at University of Rochester in Rochester, New York. Great. Thank you so much for being on the talk today. So we're going to talk about insomnia and a couple of different things. And before we really get into it, I think it's important to really define what is insomnia. So we know it's a condition, but tell us a little bit about what defines pathologic insomnia. Uh, so it comes in a lot of different flavors. What we see here clinically are people who generally have had chronic insomnia. It's been going on for longer than three months, and they have difficulty initiating sleep or maintaining sleep, or frankly, they're just not satisfied with the quality of their sleep when they get up. And and do you see a lot of patients with this disorder or is it something you think is on the rise or decline lately? Like who does it really affect and, and what do you see in your clinic? Well, I, I think we probably both see a lot of insomnia just as everybody in uh, who practices Absolutely. sleep medicine. Uh, you know, I see, I practice adult sleep medicine and it's certainly insomnia is more common in people as they age, but it really can affect any uh, age group, any gender, uh, any demographic profile. And what type of effects are you seeing? I know in my clinic, like you said, we see a lot of patients with this disorder and there's, you know, subtypes of it and it can have a lot of effects uh, on their daytime function. We tend to think of what happens at nighttime, but what do you see in terms of like daytime activity or function? How is it affecting your patients? Well, uh, so that's highly variable. Uh, As you point out, most patients have disruptions of their sleep at night. How they function during the day, it's uh, it's really dependent, uh, patient dependent. So some patients have very little disruption, although I guess I would say that probably most of those patients don't end up coming to see us. The people who end up seeing us, I, I hear a lot of descriptions of fatigue, not necessarily sleepiness. Uh, that's one of the hallmarks of, of chronic insomnia is that people have difficulty sleeping at night, but yet they also have difficulty sleeping during the day. So if they had an opportunity for a nap, they might not actually even be able to fall asleep. But that doesn't mean that they're working at their best. Oftentimes they have concerns about how they're performing at work, uh, their their ability to concentrate at home, sometimes behind the wheel. Those are all classic examples. That's great. And you mentioned that, you know, performance at work sometimes can lead to it or performance at home, their mood, their cognition. Any long-term data you know about there in terms of how it looks at short-term, maybe their cognition versus long-term for those who suffer with insomnia for an extended period of time, let's say decades? Uh, well, yeah, the data that are out there have a lot more, I, to, in my opinion, to do with kind of what I would consider to be the neuropsychiatric space. So this can definitely lead to difficulties with concentration in terms of judgment, you know, risk taking uh, and and your ability to perceive what's dangerous and what's not, uh, as well as things like uh, mood lability. So people often have, find that they have a very short fuse, things that would not bother them that they were sleeping well can have, uh, you know, kind of un, uh, um, untoward and outsized impact on them over time. Great. So, and I thank you for that. That's exactly the same thing we're seeing here. And as you said, the data really supports it. And just briefly, because we're going to talk about this a bit later, what about managing it? Do we see any evidence that helping to manage these disorders or this group of disorders has a positive uh, effect on outcomes from their mood or cognition or behavior? 
I, I certainly see that anecdotally, uh, patients who are sleeping better, they they come back around and are functioning better too. I have a saying in my practice based on a, a 1990s movie, there's no crying in sleep medicine. But when I see somebody who's crying in my office, I automatically think this is a person who is sleep deprived and is not functioning well. And I see that as an opportunity to really help them get back on track. And when we're able to do that, whether it's with insomnia or some other disorder, uh, a, a lot of times they find that these mood and concentration issues really improve for them. I agree. One of my mentors said to me, you know, you don't realize how much people trust you when they come to see you and, and you really have their life in the palm of your hands. And so you have to know the data. You have to be compassionate, but there's no greater feeling than that person who's crying or so desperate for help and being able to even get moderate improvements can really go quite a long way. So thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you all coming to listen to this Total CME lecture, and hopefully you'll come back for more information later. Good to see you. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.